Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellino. Alongside me once again, longtime former football coach in the state of New Hampshire, Mike Lockman. Mike, how are we doing this week? Doing good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing all right. Better now that we're here. Yes. <laughs> we are once again recording the show at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. As always, you can send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. You listen to the show every Wednesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com, and I think we're ready to hit the ground running. All right. We've got a lot to talk about, yep. uh, I feel like. Um, you know, we, we go through another week, uh, another opportunity for us to kind of see who, uh, to, you know, see some more separation, or in some cases, uh, this uh, east-west cluster in Division One, yeah. a lack of separation. Uh, you know, of course, you have um, the north-south game last Friday. Nashua North comes out on top of that one, drops Nashua South to 3-2. and two. Um, BG and Merrimack play the following night. Merrimack comes out and has a great second half in that game, turns a 7-7 game into a 35-19 win. Uh, and just I was what really got me about that game was, was how Merrimack was just dominant on defense. Yeah. And uh, now both those teams are 3-2. and two. You add into that that Portsmouth Oyster River picks up a win over Keene. They're now 3-2. and two. And all of a sudden, you got a four-way tie for the final two playoff spots right now. Uh, and I feel like now that we're past week five, we can start talking about playoffs. Yep. Uh, it's it's time. Um, well, I mean, we were anyways, but now I think yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now we can do it without people, feeling yeah, guilty. Be, yeah, people, <laughs> won't, people won't get on us. Right. Uh, oh, you're talking about playoffs already? Um, yeah, so on that side of the, the bracket in Division One, you have Nashville North sitting at 5-0, and Exeter at 4-1, and and then those four other teams that we mentioned at 3-2. and And... and uh, there's still a lot of um, a lot to be determined there because they have to kind of play each other. Yeah. Down the stretch. Yeah. Who's left? North still has Merrimack. North still has to play Merrimack and Portsmouth, uh, and BG. They play BG, they on play BG on Friday. BG right. plays um, North on Friday, which is uh, almost a must-win for BG now. That in they a way, well, they uh, they have some winnable games down the stretch, um, so I think a loss there doesn't kill them. Plus, they hold the tiebreaker with Portsmouth and South, head-to-head right. tiebreaker. Right. So that's Those, huge. Those yeah. games are looking huge Really now. big. Um, you know, Merrimack, though, still has to play – actually, I shouldn't say, though. Merrimack also still has to play North and Portsmouth. Um, so those will be some pretty big games. South still has to play Exeter, uh, which is, you know, a huge game for them. Yeah. Um, I'm leaving somebody out. Or Exeter, I believe, still has to play Portsmouth. Yep. So, yeah, there's still a lot a lot to go on that's going to be going on. And, you know, a couple of them still have games with Keene, with Winnicott, with Dover. So, they're, you know, there's potential for some wins there for, you know, to, to kind of improve your your uh, schedule a little or your standings a little bit there. So, this is, I mean, it, I don't look at any of those four teams and say this team is, is it, you know, that team is in. Yeah. Um, so that's which is great. going to be fun this time of year. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, you have those seasons where that separation happens almost too early, and you're kind of rolling your eyes at, all right, well, that you know, there they go. That's well, going to be a shoe in. But that's the other side of the di- the, the division right now, right. where you have Bedford and Londonderry at five and zero. They play this week. You have Gosstown and Salem at four and one. I think they play in a couple of weeks, um, and then the next closest you got Pinkerton and Wyndham at two and three each. So that side of the bracket looks like it's kind of shaping up already, although um, there are still some big games left on that side. But let's let's talk about the other side for yeah. specifically that um, you know that Merrimack BG game was kind of 
the first half of that game was a little was interesting to me because you had, like I said, Merrimack's defense really shutting down BG's off. BG didn't have a first down in the fr- in the first half. I know, I know. Um, they finished with I think five total. Yeah, and their or, rushing yardage they was had like minuscule. They could not run the ball. Um, Which is a huge feat when you think about the speed of Lupo. You think about right. some of the other guys that he's got yeah. around him. Yeah. That's they a just big, could, big could not get anything going. Um, Merrimack moved the ball a little bit, um, but threw three picks in the first half. Um, BG hit on one, you know, a long pass to Lupo, um, an 80-yard touchdown pass, and uh, Merrimack came back and scored. So it was seven-seven at halftime, and uh, it was just kind of, you know, what is going to happen next, kind of thing. You know, you're thinking, it, it, can Merrimack keep this up? Is BG going to figure it out? Um, you know, Merrimack came out and I think scored on three of their first four possessions. Um, they gave up one drive to BG in that second half. It was uh, kind of a Tristan one, Wood show one, for a while, wasn't it? Uh, Devin Wood. Devin Wood. Why do <laughs> I always do that with the Merrimack players who have the brothers? <laughs> I don't know. I did know. it with Eichmann, I don't, I don't too. Know. It was like... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Devin Wood kind of yeah, um, came into Wood, his own. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> he really uh, – he had a slow start, um, you know, kind of – they didn't really look for him, I think, early on. Or if they did, maybe maybe those were the, where the picks were. Yeah. Um, Merrimack mixed in um, their backup quarterback a little bit more, Kyle Crampton. Oh, really? Uh, played, okay. Yeah, he played a lot more, um, you know, at times, which, um, you know, I think helped Merrimack defensively because then they were able to put James Dowling on defense. Right. Um, you know, on those, some of those series. But what also made it interesting was they kept Dowling on the field um, during when Crampton would come in hmm. at receiver. And there were a couple plays. They threw to him once, um, you know, was it was an incompletion. And he came off on a, you know, um, you were seeing me make motions with my hands, but no <laughs> one else is see. no They're one else is understanding that. I don't know what do you what do you call that? Like he just kind of came around on a, maybe a jet sweep there, like, like a um, bubble screen or a no. They handed the ball oh, off like to a jet him, sweep, yeah, and he dropped back and threw a pass uh, from the receiver position. You know, which, as a receiver, which is a play they've been running with um, with Dyer, which they did that too. Yeah. Dyer also had a, a, a thirty-five yard pass at one point in there. So, yep. you know, they were they were doing a little bit more than maybe. You know, you'd seen and, and and Dowling ran a lot more, hmm. um, which I don't think had been a, a factor in their offense uh, to this point in the season. So they, um, you know, th- that was the first time I had seen them this year, and they were pretty impressive. I think on both sides of the ball, they played very physical, yeah. um, which kind of s- maybe not surprised me, but I wasn't expecting. Well, no, especially since they've been inconsistent to this point, right? They had a good win against a relatively good Spalding team, right? And that proved itself out this weekend. And they beat Dover. It's kind of a young Dover team. Um, but then I don't I didn't I didn't expect the the separation between South and Merrimack to be what it was right. last week. Yeah. And yeah. then they had lost to Exeter. Exeter, yeah. which is, you know, you can uh, kind of understand that. Exeter I think but the way the way they lost to Exeter was maybe uh, a little my, bit eye-opening. Right. They got they got they got outdone all three phases. So they've been up and down. But to hear that they came out and played um, pretty much shut down defense on uh, a team like BG, which you know we know has a quality offense and can score from you know almost anywhere on the field if they get a, get the right kind of opening, is they've got to be encouraged by that. And even though they have a tough schedule coming ahead, um, they've got to be looking at that and saying, hey, if we keep playing D that way, and maybe we can limit some of those turnovers, we're in good shape. You know the other um, the other D one game I had a chance to, to check out uh, this weekend. Um, 
Londonderry went over to Wyndham Saturday afternoon, uh, and that was perhaps um, from Londonderry one of the best offensive performances I, I've seen in a long time. Uh, yeah, they're starting I, to click now, huh? You know, I I, I said to someone um, at some I don't remember when it was. The only thing that stopped Londonderry in that game was that the game ended. Yeah, like that was that was literally it. They scored on every single possession except when they had the ball at the end of the game. They they had two plays. They ran a play and they took a knee. Right. And the game ended. Every sa- I think it was uh, what eight possessions. I, I don't know what's uh, what 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 multiples. What adds up to forty nine? I, I seven. Did seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, See that I know seven. Okay, times seven so seven <laughs> seven possessions then. Um, they scored on every single one of them, and, and and you know as as impressive as that sounds, I think the more impressive stat was that in that game they had five third downs, like yeah. that's it. They yeah. and two of those came after it was already running time. Right. So th- essentially three third downs that they faced the entire day. Other than that, it was first down, first second and second down. down. Never had down, a third. Never had a fourth down. Yeah. And they converted all the third downs. Yeah. I just I, uh, and they did it throwing the ball and they did it running the ball yeah it was just uh, they to me right now look like the best team in the state and you've seen bedford i've seen i haven't and seen him in a couple weeks but right. i've seen bedford yeah yeah, yeah. and you've seen salem? seen north i have not seen salem yet i've not seen exeter yeah seen north i've seen south goffstown i, I don't know i london dairy looks really good yeah yeah <laughs> um you know and they've got um They've got Bedford this week. I mean, I guess we'll really find out what's uh, just how good they ca- they are. Yeah. You know, and I and I don't say that. I Bedford say that had a shaky weekend. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were down in the second half to Central. Right. Um. You know, talking to to Jimmy Lozon after the game, you know, we actually we had talked last week, I think, about maybe expecting Londonderry to come out like that. Yeah. Coming off a huge win, having a big game against Bedford coming up after that, playing on a Saturday. Just a lot all of things, those all those factors. And he was a little nervous about that, too, was how was he going to keep the guys focused coming off their first win against Pinkerton and staring down Bedford, right, two you weeks know, out. two weeks out. Yeah. You know, and they had, there were no, and he thought, and then when he saw Central leading Bedford in the third quarter, he thought, geez, I hope we don't do the same thing. Right. And they didn't. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, is Bedford a good team? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think Londonderry is a little bit better? Yes, but I'm not counting out Bedford. Oh, I've no. counted up. I've done that before. We did that at the beginning of last year. I think we sat here and said, "Well, we don't know how good they are." Yeah. And all they did was go undefeated and, and win another championship. Right. So, I, you know, I'm I'm probably expecting um, Londonderry to win that game, but it would not surprise me if Bedford does. No, no. I mean, Bedford's talented enough where they can match up speed wise. Probably pretty good with Londonderry, which I don't think there's many other teams in the state that can say that across the board and you know bedford's been a team that's been pretty emotional in terms of the way that they get motivated so you know that they're going to be fired up to defend it's their home game too yeah, yeah you know and, oh, and that's a tough place to play you know i've been over in there before as a visitor as a I mean, coach i mean when that crowd gets gets loud i mean i'm sure it feels different on the visitor's sideline but on the home sideline, it almost feels like they're right, like they're on top of you. It it booms there, and, and it, it can make the hair raise on the back of your neck when you're an because opponent. Because well, it just on like that other sideline, because it echoes. There's oh, yeah. nothing. The sound doesn't have anything to to kind of 
hit off of, and it just kind of swirls in the woods behind you there. Yeah. And it's it's it, you're almost it's an intimidating sound. It almost feels like you're in the middle of nowhere while being surrounded by a ton of people. Yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting place to play. Yeah. And it's uh, a tough place to win. Yeah. So that's kind of the game to watch out for, I think, in Division One this week. Well, that Absolutely. and then NBG go plays North too. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Um, and you know, South has to go out to Winnicott. That's you know that going on the road out to the seacoast is always at that you know kind of a tough time yeah um you know that should be an interesting one by the way before we get off in north do we know whether xavier i believe he's done for the year the xavier provost yeah provost. yeah i believe that injury was a unfortunately uh, a season ender yeah, but yeah that's too bad yeah they've um you know they didn't miss a beat I was though gonna i say, guess it looks like know. they fortunately had some people step up and i i know curtis harris had another huge game for them yeah, so phenomenal i mean he He's on probably on the short list for player of the year Gatorade. in the division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and Gatorade. Gatorade yeah. yeah, yeah, very good. As a junior, um, you know the game that we were at though Friday night, um, looking to head or looking down to Division Two, uh, probably is going to get some talk about game of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe maybe even more than that. Uh, of course, Sauhegan's forty six forty three win over Milford. You know that. Sure didn't look like a 46-43 kind of game um, at the end of the third, you know, with a few minutes left in the third quarter. Right. So much so that you left early. Oh, you had <laughs> to say that out loud. Well, it was, was on it was on Twitter, so <laughs> I kind of I, I feel like everybody knows already. Did I put that on Twitter? You put I it put on it on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What did you yeah. leave for? Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, you that was well, a so, well, so, I, but I mean, I can understand. I can understand it. You know, you get you get Milford recovers that fumble, scores. I think it's 35-34-21, and it looks like okay, maybe they, they haven't been able to move the ball. I think they'd gone three and out on three straight possessions. They really struggled offensively. Hadn't moved the ball. Okay, maybe this gives them a little momentum. Sauhegan, I don't know what was going on with their kickoffers or with their special teams. I know you had two kids run into each other. They recover the ball at their own five yard line, and and it's like okay. Some, Milford's got something going here. And then Riley Lawhorn says, Boom. yeah, forget that. Yeah. 95 yards for a touchdown. Well, and and the whole night was kind of feast or famine for Sauhegan's offense. And it was, you know, Milford played uh, a, a, a gamble on defense from what I saw, right? They had everybody up, pressing man, coverage. Um, they were very aggressive with the receivers, which – that's great against the screen game and, and, and so forth. But what I saw was Sauhegan found one running play in their arsenal. And once they figured out that they could get that blocked, there's nobody there besides maybe Gavin Erda, who was, I by mean, the way, playing press coverage on somebody with yeah. no angle who could just right. chase you down. And if that Well, he did, happen, he did the first one. The first one. The yeah. first one, it went for 60-something yards, but he chased down Longhorn, stopped him. And then the next two, three plays yeah. later on the same yeah. play, by the way, um, and then they went back to it twice. That's the craziest thing to me. Um, Sauhegan ran 18 plays in the second half of that game, and had 300 yards. Yeah, in the second half. Um, well, almost 100 on just that one. On, play. The, you, on those that play, 70 on another. Yeah. They had a 65-yard um, touchdown pass in that second half. Um, but those two touchdowns by by Longhorn, the 95-yard one and the 70-yard one, were the only two plays that Sauhegan ran over a stretch of 13 minutes. Yeah. 13 minutes, they went two plays. That's crazy. I, I just and, and and then they turned the ball over five times and and won. Yeah. I, just remarkable because after that touchdown, um, Milford goes on a, a, a somewhat of a long drive. They had a nice kickoff return. They go on a drive, 
about 50 yards, score. They try an onside kick and just blast it off one of the up up guys, yeah. recover it. Next play, Erda goes 47 yards. So we had three touchdowns on three plays. And Erda, by the way, who had been completely contained up to that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And was somewhat hobbled. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. he had he could been fighting, looked like calf cramps. Like, yeah. And, uh, and so he wasn't really himself for a lot of that game. Um, but Sauhegan did a really good job. Def- you know, you talk about the big plays offensively. Sauhegan's defense, though, almost did the same thing that Pelham's defense did in terms of, except I think better. You know, the score wasn't indicative of how good Sauhegan's well, defense Milford played. had two defensive touchdowns right. there. Yeah, so. and I mean, one was a gift to Junior Ugo. I mean, oh. unfortunately, Jane just misread a drop or something, and he threw it right to Ugo, who pretty much just walked into the end zone, right? So they they overcame a lot of adversity with those turnovers, which made it even more impressive. I mean, that was one of those uh, just fantastic football games. You know, I heard from a couple people, a couple other media people who were like, wow, that game was so long. And, I, you know, maybe if I had a deadline, I'd care more. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, not. Ha- I mean, that's one of the benefits of not having one was I enjoyed every minute of that game because it was just, it was it was great theater. It was. You know, it was two teams that know each other very well. When they get on the field, they don't like each other. Yep. Want to beat each other. And they just, they traded punches there for, for uh, you know, a good long while. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, afterwards they were, you know, handshakes and all that. But the Sauhegan crowd was fired up. Oh, yeah. And the Milford crowd was a little down. Um, You know, first loss of the year for them, too. And they have to go to Kennett this Friday. Yeah. Which is not looking like uh, like a – I mean, it's not a great trip to make anyways. But 5-0 for Kennett right now, that looks like a a much tougher game than it did a month ago. Yeah, so I'll I'll say something about that. But I I also want to mention, you know, the other cool thing about that game was it was played with the backdrop of um, them honoring the 83 – championship team and they had a bunch of alumni and cheerleaders there uh from when that used to be milford area senior high school when the two schools right, were combined yeah, yeah. which is which is the reason why the rivalry exists right they up until 1992 two. they were they were all going to to milford together so i thought that was another cool thing it was like you have this epic battle going on the field and in the meantime they're walking out these players from you know, Some of whom were probably from Amherst and Mount Vernon, and yeah, they're right. Milford, they're Milford kids, they were. supposedly, right? You know, because they all played there. Um, yeah, I don't remember too much about. Th- I'm sure you don't either, but I don't remember no. too much. I was, I think, I was four. I, I, we had just <laughs> moved into town from Massachusetts, so yeah, no, yeah, I don't. But no, but I thought no. it was really cool that they did that, and it was the right night to do it, and it ended up being yeah. the right kind of. Oh game. yeah, yeah. Now Milford Kennett. If you go and now you're the historian, not I, but uh, Milford traditionally has played the North crossover games very well. They, they even against, yeah, you know, with the exception of Plymouth, which basically anybody would have to say that. But you know they they have not fared well against Plymouth when they've crossed over against them. But you know they've they've crossed over against some good North teams in the past and come away with convincing wins against North opponents. You know this this week though I think is going to be. I, I mean, just the drive in general is yeah. is a long one to make on a Friday. Yeah. Um, you it's, know, and yeah, going against a team that's coming. I mean, they're Kenneth's five and zero, coming off a thirty four nothing win over John Stark. Yeah. Who, um, you know, is really struggling. Hasn't yeah. scored a point since their yeah, season opening game. win um, two weeks ago. Kenneth 
hosts Plymouth, wins 14 to 8. Yeah. I mean, I think that was probably the eye opener for, for everyone Certainly was that, for that, us. that Kenneth, yeah. um, you know, able to, to pull off a, a win over Plymouth, the first win in a couple of years against them. Um, you know, this is, this is whoever ends up winning this game, I, I think ha maybe has the inside track. I know Bo still is undefeated. Um, you know, Sauhegan's certainly in the mix. Alvarez certainly in the mix. I think whoever wins this game has the inside track at the number one seed in in the in the division. Yep. Uh, and, and definitely the the top spot in their respective conference. Uh, of course, Kennett and Bo still have to play second to last week of the season, and Bo has to play Sauhegan uh, in the final week of the season. Right. Those are probably two the two biggest games in the North coming up. Yep. Um, and that was a great game last year, the Sauhegan yeah, yeah. Bo game. Um, and then you look at the South, uh, you know, right now th it's kind of looking like what that that Division One East East West cluster looks like. You got Milford, Alvern, Sauhegan all at four and one, Palom, Hollis, Brookline, and West all at three and two, and then St. Thomas at two and three. So you know, there's and St. Thomas is good. Yeah. Oh and yeah. They're looking <laughs> up at all those teams. I and mean, that's a good team. They played Sauhegan pretty well. They played Milford pretty well, and they've got a win over Alvern. Uh, you know, so they're there's certainly a team that that could you know they play Conval this week, fully expect them to to get back on track. Yep. You know, in that game, um, yeah. So this is far 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 from over. Yeah. Uh, and I still think we're we're probably going to see more teams from the south get into the playoffs um, than we do from the north. I think you're right. Yeah. And I think this year that's it. They're stronger. They have a, that's a very very good conference. Yeah. Uh, Division three. Speaking of of things that just got muddled and kind of confusing um you know we we saw some kind of eye-opening results i think in, in division three this week maybe the the biggest one late saturday night that that not too many people saw you had uh trinity beating campbell in overtime yeah um which you was know, another great game and yeah what sounded like another great game um you know a lot of people went into the year thinking that Campbell was the team to beat, you know, certainly not out of the question. Um, but, you know, they had they had given up 14 points all year to this point, give up 31 in that game against Trinity. Yeah. Um, just, like I said, eye-opening, yeah. I thought. And the T-Bowl the, 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 uh, brothers were the heroes of the game, too. You had John, who's been a very good player for them for the last couple of years, uh, had – couple scores um carried the ball 19 or 20 times in the game he had a 49 or 48 yard touchdown at a crucial moment and then but the you know they're they're fourth and nine so you know the overtime is an interesting thing in high school because it's basically played like innings but it swaps so right. like your first yeah. at bat right then you're you're going to be last at bat the next time, yeah. You know, so it's yeah. kind of the same idea. If you get the ball to open the overtime frame and it's still tied, it, it flips. But there's a lot of pressure on both teams, uh, but more so the first team. You you know, if you win the oh, yeah, toss, yeah, you, you want to go last. To go yeah. second because yeah. you, you can then see what did that team do and then how do we – what do we have to do? Can we just kick a field goal, whatever we have to do? So Trinity facing a fourth and nine uh, to, to open that that first inning or the inning because I think it was just a single overtime. Yeah. Fakes to uh, John Tebow and hands off a, 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 you know, a reverse to his brother whose name is escaping me now. I think it also starts with a J. Josh? Uh, could be. But his younger brother. And uh, and he's, you know, he breaks a tackle at the five and goes all the way nine yards 
for the score that and you know that that w ended up being the winning score because then the Trinity defense steps up and uh, you know and and that's the kind of situation that ten yard and in thing is like what you would expect Campbell to be really good at Keegan Mills uh, sort of a single wing power kind of offense um, and hats off to Trinity's defense because they stepped up in a place where really Campbell probably on paper should have flourished and uh, and, and and did enough to do the quote-unquote upset. You know, you mentioned overtimes, and it made me think of something that we didn't talk about during the Division One discussion, and we would be terrible people if we didn't mention this, this, the yeah. Spalding-Dover triple, triple overtime game, I, which just, I you know, I can't imagine. A, a rivalry game to start with, you know, is going to be, you know, pretty bananas, but then to see it go triple overtime and then have, um, you know, have a kid... Um, Max Frost get two interceptions in overtime. Yeah, one of which to end the game, uh, yeah. a 24-21 win for Spalding. Talk about being a hero. I mean, that's yeah, you know, and that game ends on, uh, or excuse me, game is forced into overtime on a what hook and ladder play. Yeah, where you have um, Spalding quarterback Logan Gadboys hitting Garrett Langus, who then flips it to Ryan Lane, who then scores. Yeah, I mean. I know, you know, I know I read that, that they had been practicing that off and on. Um, then to execute that in that moment, uh, just... Yeah. It's I, funny with those kind of plays, right? Because it's one of those things where you, you always have something like that in your arsenal, but, like, a lot of times it's almost like you practice it, and maybe this is why we never we never executed it well when I was good. <laughs> you practice it more almost for fun, like, to keep yeah, the kids yeah. just interested and, like, hey, we got this thing. But... As a coach, you got you always have to kind of question like, is that really what we want to hang our hat on in this moment? Right. And great on Coach Hebert for having the the courage to be like, oh, you know what, we're gonna pull the trigger on that. And great on the kids for having, you know, the 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 patience and the discipline and the focus in that moment, because that's not an easy play to pull off. I mean, no. To catch yeah. The, to throw the ball, catch the ball, pitch the ball, run the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not easy to do. You know, and if and if someone sniffs it out, then it's, it's you know, it's you know, game over. Oh because, yeah. Because I mean, it could it, be it's very dangerous. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did want to make sure we mentioned that. You, oh, absolutely. You said overtime, and I I you were remember, like, remember we, that. We yeah, skipped that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the oldest rivalry in the state. Oldest, so yeah. The game lived up to it. So, and great on Spalding. I mean, that's a. A young but well-coached Dover team, and uh, Spalding's gotten a couple of good wins so far this year. Definitely keeps them in um, the of kind of in the yeah in yep. the conversation. Um, and they were a one-win team last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Going back to um, D division division three, you know the other game that we had kind of highlighted on our on our uh, radar last week was the Lebanon Hillsborough Daring Hopkinton game. I was there. Um, and you left early. You left I early did. again, left but this one, again. I, I kind of, you, you were forgiven for this one. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Lebanon. It was what a 14-14 game, late in the second quarter. Lebanon gets a pick six, goes up 21-14 at the half, yeah. and then it was all Raiders in the second half. 62 to 14 was the final. Yeah, it, like it was like the moment. So it was a great first half. The first half was exactly what you expected. It was like. You know the, the the two lines of those teams were really battling well. Both both the offensive and the defensive lines for those teams executed really well, and and then it was a battle between two premier 
players in the league, which was Wade Rainey for Lebanon and Colby Quiet for Hillsborough during Hopkinton. And they both had their moments to shine. Um, Colby Quiet had two huge runs. I think he had, you know, over 120 yards just in the first half and 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 uh, of rushing. And then and then the you know that that final score to make it 21-14 happen, and it was almost like all that momentum and all of that the the tight pl- it just went completely out the window and Hillsborough during Hopkinton never regained anything even resembling momentum field position was a huge thing um some of the a number of the Hillsborough uh during Hopkinton drives started deep deep in their territory um meanwhile they'd kick off to uh to Lebanon and Lebanon was starting drives on the the minus 40 I mean, great field position, yeah, you know. Yeah. So that, you know, I think between the momentum, the un, the, the costly turnovers, and um, special teams, Lebanon really shined on special teams. That was the story. Because honestly, like if I if I had to be honest, and you'd look at the score and you'd say, "What are you like? What are you talking about?" <laughs> on paper, they were very evenly matched teams. Yeah. But the emotion and the momentum just. In so, my opinion, yeah. got away from Hillsborough. Yeah, snowballed Huffington. a little bit yeah, on them. Yeah, and, it just, I, and they didn't give up. It wasn't that. It was just when things started to go bad, they just couldn't recover from yeah. it. And it was like Lebanon smelt the blood in the water and just went, and it and it got ugly fast. Uh, they they Hillsborough Deering Hopkinson does have a uh, a tough finish to the season. They go to Monadnock on Friday. Yep. Go to Trinity the following week. Yeah. Um, play their last home game against Epic Newmarket uh, on the 26th, and then they finish off the season at Stevens. Um, you know, not a not an easy place to play. Um, Stevens is also four and one this year, so yeah, yeah tough finish to the season for the the Red Hawks. You gotta uh, hope they gotta get healthy. They were a little banged up for the game, and I don't think anybody thinks that's an excuse because um, everybody's a little banged up at this time of year, but. You know, they. I think if they get healthy, they have a chance to to make continue to make a good run. But, um. But yeah, that's a tough way to end the season. But they're a good team. Um, Lebanon's a really good team. <laughs> the uh, the team that they're going out to play next week, the, or this Friday, Manadnock, uh They stopped a two game losing streak of their own. Uh, I don't know, losing skid. I don't know if streak's yeah. the right word. Well, for them, it for is. them, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when was the last time they lost two in a row? They um, they went up to Newport and won twenty eight twenty two. Um, against a Newport team that Pretty sure looks team. like, yeah, um, you know they've got that a win over Stevens. You know they're one and four, but they could easily be three and two. Yeah, um, they gave HDH you know, a, a rough loss to them by twelve. They lose to to Monadnock by six. The schedule gets a little bit easier from here on out. They, you know, but they're on the road f- three of their last four games. So, um, you know, that could be a team though if they they win out potentially sitting at you know five and four. Uh, getting a lower playoff seed, and then maybe they go and give one of those uh, higher seeds a bit of a scare. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the the um, uh, you know the Lebanon, I think, put themselves though a little bit ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Um, it was a big win. Yeah, huge win. You know, when you look at what they have, um, three out of their last four at home, the one road game they go to Stevens, a bit of a rivalry there. You know, they play Epping, Newmarket, Interleagues, Moultonboro around that game. Two very winnable games. And then they finish the year hosting Campbell um, in a game that I imagine both teams are going to be pretty pretty fired up for. Yeah. So an interesting finish to the season for them. 
But uh, it, it's really interesting because they, you know, you look at that and you say, you know, they've they've beat Trinity fairly convincingly, and we know now that Trinity is definitely a good team. Right. Um, has a lot of heart. So I mean, Lebanon can and go they, undefeated. They beat Manadnock pretty convincingly. Yeah. Convincingly too. Um, blew that game open after a close start. So. He, we were, you know, there was talk that a, that Division Three was uh, a team and everyone else. Well, maybe that team is actually Lebanon, but yeah. I'm sure we'll find out. We'll find out a whole lot more yeah. uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, one team that that is kind of uh, risen above all of the rest in Division Four. You got Winnesquam that just yeah. seems like it is. Uh, you know, it, it's picked up. Winnesquam's picked up right where it left off last year. Of course, two weeks ago they get the win over Raymond. Raymond's only loss, but that potentially gives them uh, Winnesquam on the inside track at the number one seed. They come back this week and uh, they just beat up on a, a pretty good Muscoma team, forty-four-six. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's looking like it's theirs to lose at this point. Yeah, they have they have who remaining now? Uh, Bishop Brady, Brady and, and Franklin. Franklin. So could should be two. You know, Bishop Brady is right there in the mix. Franklin seems to be struggling a little bit, but. Um, you know, you never know. That's the team that, that knocked them out in the in the championship game last year. Right. Um, of course, this week there are no games. Division three has a bye week this it week. That's an across the board. Across bye. the board, or okay. excuse me, not Division three, Division four. four. Yeah. So yeah, no games this week in Division four. Uh, they come back and play two more weeks, and then they have another one to end the season. A week off to end the se- regular season before the playoffs start. Really? Two bye weeks. They only play seven games. Yeah. Seven regular season games. Huh. Um. So any uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up for this week? Any plans on where you're, where you'll be headed, any or anywhere this weekend? Uh, Putting you on the spot here. I know. No, I haven't given the. It feels like the weekend is really far away from. I me. know. It's uh. <laughs> Last weekend I was clear. I was like, I'm yeah, going to the going South here. Milford game. Yeah. Doesn't uh, Sauhegan plays Pelham at Sauhegan? I think this week. Is weekend? that this week? I think so. And that that could be an interesting game. I don't know what day is today. <laughs> <laughs> today is Tuesday. <laughs> For the listeners, it'll be Wednesday. Okay. Um, so I, I I might do that, but I've seen now I've seen Southie well, and yeah. I've seen Pelham. So sometimes I like to see teams that I haven't seen, but I also like to stay local because <laughs> <laughs> I do have a family that I have to think about. So uh, I'm not I'm not sure. I don't getting? know. What about you? I am actually going to be heading out. Uh, most likely, I'm not. I'm. 99% sure this th- I will be heading out to Monadnock for the first time ever. Oh, to uh, see. I'm going to see Hillsborough Deering Hopkinton and Monadnock. I think um fairly positive on that one. That'll be a good uh, game. Y- It'll be a bad drive. <laughs> so <laughs> so keep that in, in the, mind. In the in what's supposed to be some pretty good rain Friday. I oh, is that rain yeah. and rain and, and chilly, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, Pelham is at Sauhegan on Friday. Yeah. I mean, that's a big game. Who what is who's um Hollis Brookline have this week. Uh, and Hollis plays. I'm putting you on at the spot. at Sanborn this week. So okay. Yeah, the, the um, Sanborn hasn't won a game. I don't. Yeah, think, right? and um, yeah, and they've got um, not a not a great slate of of Saturday games um, this weekend. Probably the biggest one being Salem at Wyndham. Yeah. Um, try to get over to that one. Yeah, but, Central um, Bosstown. It's a kind of a rivalry. I know that. Um, Central's rebuilding a little bit this year, but yeah. Goffstown has pulled off wins, but they're not—they're clearly not infallible, right? So that could be an interesting. And Central's got to feel good about the way they performed against Bedford. 
uh, even though it was a loss. They, they've got to see some positive in that. So that could be a good game. Yeah, probably the, the game of the week, though, would be that Londonderry-Bedford game. Oh, yeah. Uh, got to keep an eye on that one. And maybe that's where I go because that's <laughs> in my backyard, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, wherever we go, I'm sure we'll have a great time. Yes. Uh, hopefully you guys all have a great time out there, too, this weekend. Stay dry. Uh, Mike, thanks again for joining me. Thank you. He is uh, Mike Lockman. I'm Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening.